uh, mission statement over the next three weeks, which is growing mission-minded disciples who live for Jesus wherever they are. And uh, so we're just going to have about a five-minute section with uh, each uh, of the people looking at a different area of mission and how they are working that out in their lives. And um, and so it'd be great because sometimes it is challenging, isn't it, to think, oh, well, what does it mean and does it mean going overseas or what does it look like in daily life? And hopefully this will give us uh, tools and ideas of how we could work this out in our lives as well. So I, I just want to welcome up uh, Worship Pastor Connor Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> And um, he's going to share uh, and more look at leading people to Jesus. Um, and so, uh, Connor, do you mind a question that wasn't actually on the sheet? Um, <laughs> uh, is, is that one on? Oh, I'll give you the mic for the time being, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, just to start with, uh, how old are you? I am 21. Someone in our congregation thought I was 29. <laughs> it's the, uh, the maturity coming through there. <laughs> um, fantastic. So in terms of le- leading people to Jesus uh, and just looking at that as a, su- a subject header, what does mission mean to you? Great question. What does mission mean to me? I think um, when I think of mission, I think of what Jesus said before he ascended to heaven, which is, um, go and make disciples of all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I think that's quite a good summary of our mission, is to, to make disciples, um, to lead people to Jesus and then help them to live for him. Yeah. Amazing. And so um, you mentioned that leading people to Jesus. Tell us about uh, someone you've recently led to the Lord and, and perhaps a how, a how you go about that as well. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I'll just give a bit of context. So uh, basically, uh, evangelism, sharing Jesus with people is a real passion of mine and um, something that I'm still working out what it looks like, and, um, and it's definitely a journey. But, um, but I, it's something that's really burnt on my heart, is just, just seeing all these people who don't know Jesus um, and um, having a passion that they would know Jesus, and so asking God how I can bring Jesus to people wh- wherever I am and um, and, uh, yeah, basically, um, in, in terms of, um, how I do it, I, <coughs> I always, I think often fear holds people back from, from going and sharing Jesus with people, or just offering to pray for them, whatever it is, and, um, I think it's really helped me to realize, um, that it, it, as Christians, the Spirit of God lives in each one of us, and, um, and so we don't need to be afraid when we're going to someone that, we're going to mess it up or that um, they're going to reject us because God's spirit lives in us so we can trust that whatever we say, even if we mumble a load of rubbish, like something of the love of Jesus is in us and so they'll see that and that will affect them. Um, um, that's not to say it's good to know your Bible and everything. And, but um, yeah. Anyway, so um, in terms of a recent time, um, <clears throat> there was someone on the bench outside church I was just going out to get my lunch um, on a uh, day when I was in the office and uh, uh, I just started chatting to him and uh, he was a nice guy and um, <laughs> uh, he uh, yeah I, I we just built built some rapport just found out what he's doing he's working really near here and stuff um, 
he's I can't remember. I think he was Italian or something. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, I just just got on the subject of faith and said like, do you believe in anything? And uh, and he said like, yeah, I believe there's a God. And but he didn't really know like who God was and stuff. Um, and I think he was from like a Catholic background. Um, and I just told him the story of the prodigal son, and he'd never heard of the, the, this story, um, <coughs> which is of Jesus, the par- uh, parable that Jesus tells, um, which basically just talks about the father's love and how, and I just went through the story asking questions about it and, and talked about how um, uh, a son left his father, took the inheritance, messed up, and then came back, and the father just ran towards him with his love. And uh, I basically said to him that all of us are either like the son who left and, and um, we just need to come back home to our father. Or we're like the older brother in the story who, who's annoyed that the younger brother is treated so well. And um, it's because he doesn't realize his father's love. And I basically said all of us are either like the younger brother and we need to just come back to God. Or we think that we're with God, but actually we're not enjoying the fullness of his love for us and the fullness of his, uh, that he wants to throw a party for us. And I explained that to him and he was, um, yeah, he, he was like just captivated by this story because he'd never heard it before. And, um, and I, I basically said like, do you want to like know God like this, like a father? And he said, yeah, I do. <laughs> and, uh, and I explained like what it means that, um, um, that we're born, we're born again as Christians because Jesus um, died so that our old sinful self could be gone and we could be new creations and we could know that embrace of the Father. And he, and and he, I explained it all to him. He was like, "Yeah, I want that." <laughs> and so I, I led him in a prayer there and then to like give his life to Jesus. And I don't know, like, I don't know where he is now. Maybe he'll come here one day. But I'm praying for that. But um, um, but yeah, it's just it's just an amazing example of like. People, lots of people are more open than we realise. Some, lots of people aren't, but lots of people are, and so um, it's worth taking the risk um, because what we say might just have a huge impact on their lives. That's amazing, and um, something that's been challenging to me, but that kind of does uh, kind of regularly after the the ten thirty service, really at about twelve o'clock, as he just heads over to the green and actually just starts up conversation with people speak to them about faith and about Jesus and um, and you're fantastic in that and I'm sure people can join you in that if they want to yeah 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 you'd be really welcome to join me and if you don't want to say anything that's fine you can just walk by me see what I'm doing see how I talk to people um, and uh, you'd be surprised like the first time you go out it's like the scariest thing you've ever done and it's it's like there's this huge like barrier of fear that tries to come against Christians um, and it's the church has been silenced basically in the in the, in the West, but um, but I think you'll find that actually it's not as hard as you think. Cause if you're just friendly to people and you smile at them, often they'll be like, "Yeah, I'm up for talking." Um, and then it's amazing the things that you see God do when you step out and take that risk, and and um, it's exciting as well. It, it makes faith so exciting and. You know, there's never a reason to be bored if you can share Jesus with people. If you're in a queue in an airport, you can share Jesus with the person next to you. It, it makes life so exciting when you start to realize who li- that Jesus lives in you and he wants to touch people wherever you are. Um, so, yeah, I just encourage you, if you feel terrified, it's fine. Just come and I will just 
you just don't need to say anything, but just see what, see what it's like. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Connor. Thank you. Um, feel free to clap, yeah, <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> just um, like to welcome up Ollie and Matt, uh, who will be speaking a little bit more um, uh, so also about local mission and focusing on that. Uh, so this is Matt and then Ollie coming up as well. Um, so I'll just jump straight in, really. Uh, what does it look like to wrestle with mission and social justice uh, personally, and uh, how is it outworked in your daily lives? Yeah, so I think about three years ago, uh, I remember sort of realizing that the Bible had a huge amount to say about justice um, for the poor and the marginalized, and realizing that actually this probably wasn't an optional extra for me as a Christian. So sort of sobering thought and I, I said right what I'm going to do I'm going to get in a room with a friend or two who uh, are in a similar place we're going to pray and we're going to wait until God sort of gives us a sense of what we should be doing in this area and then we'll crack on and do it and so I think I must have mentioned this to Ollie so we went for a coffee to sort of talk it through and ended up taking a bit of a left turn in that we decided to try and put together a course for small groups of Christians looking at justice uh, and the poor and social justice particularly in the Bible, um, despite not really knowing anything about it. Uh, and I think because of that, as Ollie will explain. All right, yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we just, just thought it was really important to not take for granted that we knew the whole story of um, why does justice matter. I think it's easy to come to... Um, conversations like this where we kind of talk about um, you know brilliant things that are going on and you know like like glass door like uh, anything in the community and I, don't know, I suddenly feel a bit like well, what am I doing kind of I must get out there and do something um, and it just that's not I, that doesn't really strike me as fair on us I think that God's got way more for us than that I think he approached us a lot more positively than that um, and actually, you know, let's give ourselves time to, to work out the story. Why does justice matter to God? Um, you know, what, it's, it's not a given that justice should focus on the poor. It's not a given that justice should focus on um, the way that Jesus wants to take it. So let's give ourselves you know, a chance to actually, this guy offers us life to the full. Let's hear him out. So um, I'll be honest, most of the work is Matt's because he's got the brain for it. But um, yeah, so we tried to put together this course, which is like five or six sessions, um, just giving ourselves time, and we love the group thing as well, just giving ourselves time as a group to walk through um, what is God thinking when he thinks and talks again and again um, about justice. Yeah. Yeah, could you expand a bit more about that on the uh, course that you're kind of writing and developing? Yeah, sure, so it's a seven-week course, uh, as I say, for small groups of Christians. Um, I think to the extent that we have a, it's a sort of cross between a discussion group and a discussion course and a Bible study, series of Bible studies. And I think to the extent that we have a, a sort of big point, it's just simply that justice is, is part of who God is. It's part of his heart. Um, it's part of his character. And so it's not a sort of separate set of ideas that we sort of go away and think about and then come back to him and say, look, we figured it out. We're doing this and that. Um, it's part of who he is, and he's excited for us to kind of join him in in, in working that out. Um, so, 
so yeah, we've tried to kind of build that into the course, like space for us to really kind of point people back to God and to be changed on a heart level and, and head level as well. Um, and kind of ask for his help as we go through it and, and kind of creating a response in us, stirring us up to actually then go out and, and live differently. That's amazing. And sorry, I should have asked this at the beginning, but just um, the context, because you guys don't work for the church full time or um, for a, a social justice mission. What, what's your just uh, daily jobs? I'm a lawyer, corporate lawyer, I'm afraid. <laughs> Gets worse. I'm a geography teacher. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for that. Uh, do chat to them more if you want to know about the course. Just, just to say quickly, we, we've tried it on our life group, um, which went well. We've made a few changes um, as a result. So we've got an updated version. If anyone wants to give it a shot in their life group, uh, do come and yeah, let us know. Brilliant. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, next up, I'd like to invite Alan. Um, I'm sure you would have all met Alan and uh, his anointed welcome uh, whenever you come into the church. Um, which is uh, so lovely. And so he's just going to, um, it was quite funny because earlier when I, uh, Matt and Ollie shared some thoughts that they were sharing, and I said, oh, Alan, what are you going to share? He's like, I don't know, it'd be the Holy Spirit. And so, <laughs> and so. Uh, <laughs> A bit like that, yes. <laughs> uh, so, Alan, um, I believe you live in the area. You're local to this area, Parsons Green? Um, fairly near. I'm up near Earl's Court. Excellent. So, so not as local enough. as I thought, yeah. but we'll say near enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, what does local mission uh, look like to you? Um, well, a long time ago, uh, I had a, a day of silent retreat in, a, in a, um, a Russian Orthodox church. This was about 42 years ago. And I'm praying there for, you know, God's guidance and whatever. And the whole day was useless as far as I was concerned. It was, you know, because I like to talk and share with people and you're not allowed to talk or, you know, all the, the whole day. But at about five o'clock when we were due to go back to see this priest uh, and to kind of share with each other what had happened, I was praying away and the Lord said to me, will you be my man wherever you are? which is really interesting <laughs> now that we're looking at our mission thing here. Because, and, and I thought, well, you know, of course I'm your man wherever I am. But yes, I am your man wherever I am. And, and that was that. But what happened then was I was anointed with the Holy Spirit and uh, spoke in tongues, uh, which was a real gift of God uh, at that time. And um, ever since, I've uh, prayed in tongues for the, the whole congregation and the whole people of our communities here as God has led me. I've been here now for 31 years, and, um, and I'm longing for the time when uh, these local people who rely on their wealth, really, they don't think they need God uh, because they're so wealthy, but we know that they need God. And so my prayers, I often come down and do a prayer tour of Parsons Green. Um, and I don't know how to pray, so I'm praying in tongues. I, I'm worshiping. I'm asking the Lord to bring these people to Jesus, basically. Um, not just at this church or anything like that. I'm not, 
I just want them to be set free. Um, and, and that's where I'm coming from most of the time. <laughs> and do you want to uh, share a little bit that story you mentioned earlier about the, uh, your glass door, um, uh, one of the evenings that you had there? Yeah, the, uh, the glass door, at, uh, we, we're opening the church now on a Tuesday at 7 o'clock uh, for an hour so that we can welcome our guests, the homeless, uh, over here. They congregate just by the mission hall from about 7 o'clock anyway because they have to register and get a hot coffee or chocolate or something. And um, I think it was Tim's idea of opening the church at 7 o'clock so that they could come in here and shelter was, was just brilliant because uh, it gives us an opportunity just to, to be here for them, really, and to share, to treat them as real people, uh, not just homeless boys out there, you know. And, um, yeah, I was telling you before, the, uh, <coughs> it, it, I'm the man who stands on the corner uh, for that hour and, and talking to these guys out there, because they don't all want to come into the church. So I'm talking to them and, and leading them to the church if possible. And um, I'm praying away, saying, Lord, what am I how can I connect with these people, with this, with this guy, you know, young guy with long black hair, he's got a big thing here called Blaze, B-L-A-I-Z-E. And I'm thinking, you know, and I said to him, is that your name? And he said, yeah, it's my name. And they're a bit reticent, these guys. They're, they're, you have to be careful in your talking to them. And, um, and so I wanted to connect with him, and, I, and I'm praying to the Lord and saying, how can I connect with this man, Lord? And the next thing I said to him was, I was born in Guernsey. Where did that come from? Because <laughs> uh, you know, I was born in Guernsey. And he said, I was born in Guernsey too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We had a connection straight away where we were talking, he was sharing with me some of his stuff about, oh my goodness, just like that. That's what can happen when we're connected with the Lord and we want to share with others and we want to draw them in. He came over, he chatted to some of the other guys here, our people, uh, Connor and uh, others who, who uh, we've got about six or seven, I think, uh, people who, who sit and share with, with them. Um, which is fantastic, and, and I love it. And personally, I love it. I just want to be there for them. It's a tiny thing for us to do, just to open for one hour. Um, but the difference it makes in these people is, is quite astonishing. That's amazing. Um, and j just quickly, uh, um, correct me if I, if I uh, got this wrong, because did, did you say earlier, just when we were briefly chatting, do you feel like you need to pray or... God wants you to pray a bit more or more regularly in, in tongues or um, or is that just something you were doing out of out of your own? Well, this, uh, I think what's happening is that, that God's been um, leading me for a long time to use that gift uh, more and more. And, um, and lovely to share with Caroline this morning that uh, she too has got that call from God where we use these gifts in the most powerful way. And the most powerful way is praying in tongues for our people, for our life groups, for uh, the people who live around us, for our families. Uh, God knows what they need. I don't. That's the problem. And, uh, okay, we can pray for people who are sick or ill because we know their need. But otherwise, you know, my brother 
uh, announces to me in November that he's got cancer. He's got lung cancer. He's older, bro. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, you know, oh, my goodness, he's, he's got cancer. Lord, what are we going to – he's not a Christian. I'm the only member of our family that's a Christian, and I'm the only one that wasn't looking for God. That's the astonishing bit. Um, but I couldn't get him out of my head for the next few days, and I, I actually texted him rather than spoke to him and said, um, I can't get you out of my head. Can, can, would you mind if I got our group to pray for you? Because, uh, you know, sometimes people don't want you to do that. And he said, yeah, that's great, that's great. There's a couple of people in Guernsey praying for me. Ah, right, okay. November that was. He's been going through chemo uh, and takes five pills a day, all this kind of stuff. Um, we go down to Guernsey for Christmas. He picks us up at the airport. He, kinda, he looks just normal. I said to him, what's going on? I was expecting to see you all thin. And, and he said, I don't know what's going on. I just feel normal. I, I just don't know. Um, nothing's happened. I'm going through all of this, and I'm kind of, I haven't lost weight. I'm, I, oh, praise God. It, you know, because that's what comes out of us. We praise God in front of those unbelievers. And, and he, he kind of said, nodded, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But that's the sort of stuff that's going on, the, that kind of leaking Jesus all the time to friends and family and um, have I said enough? <laughs> yeah, that was wonderful. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. If you've got any more questions after this, do, do chat to Alan. He's got amazing stories and experiences. So thank you so much, Alan. Okay, fi finally, this will be our last one, and I'd like to invite up Angus, uh, who's going to be looking a little bit more at international mission uh, welcome, Angus. Hello. How are Happy you? Yeah. Thank you. To you too. Um, so, could you tell us about uh, a bit more about our mission partner, uh, IJM? Is it International Justice? International Justice Mission. Sure. Um, so, International Justice Mission. Um, for those who have been here for a couple of years, you may be familiar with it. We've had various speakers in, um, but. International Justice Mission, IJM, are the largest international anti-slavery organization um, in the world. Um, and we partner with their office in the Dominican Republic. They operate in four, four continents, 17 communities um, around the world, working with those who have been imprisoned, enslaved, abused, assaulted, kicked off their land. Um, some of the darkest places, um, some of the most horrible stories um, but yeah, IGM have felt called to these communities and work in the midst of like real despair. Um, so yeah, we work with their Dominican Republic office um, and we, we pray for them. We raise awareness of what's going on um, and we, we give money to them as well. So that's sort of a brief outline. That's uh, brilliant. I don't know if you touched on that uh, just now because... Um Next question on here really is, uh, what do you do for them? Is, there, is that that you? That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess my involvement with IGM um, began a couple of years ago. So I did an internship in their um, HQ office in Washington DC for a few months. Um, so I guess my involvement stems from there. But I sort of lead the, um, I guess, IGM work here at church. 
Um, but also I'm involved in sort of just being an advocate, going to, going to events. Um, we did a London to Paris cycle ride for them last year, which was great fun. Um, but yeah, I just get stuck in wherever I can with them, um, raise as much awareness as I can by doing various things like this. And so how can we either as a church or individuals uh, get involved um, with, with this and the work that you are doing and that IJM is doing? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think the real thing that we can all do is, is pray. Um, so I think from this year, we're going to get a notice board up at the back with various prayer points, which are going to get put up. Um, but what's amazing actually about IGM and the time that I spent with them in DC is that for a pretty, uh, renowned international charity known to lots of people around the world, they spend an hour every day of their working day, so people are paid to do this just on their knees in prayer. Um, so you come in every morning and for half an hour it's just quiet time, no emails, laptops shut, phones off, everything, it's just prayer. And then 11 o'clock, um, so in the middle of what is always quite a busy working day, um, again you put everything aside and everyone comes together in this big um, meeting room and there's this big corporate prayer. Um, which is also amazing because you get to hear the most astonishing stories of rescue um, which are happening all over the world. Um, so I think what we can really do is just pray for them because they are working in the midst of some of the most horrible situations um, around the world. I think that would be great. And if you would like to find out more or get involved, um, then do come and speak to me. There's lots of places that I can point, to, point you towards. Amazing. That is brilliant. Thank you so much, Angus. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. That's, um, that's kind of the, the interview slot wrapped up. Um, and I just want to give a bit of space as the band comes back up and we go into a, a bit of a 